Dr. John R. W. Stott, S-T-O-T-T, John Stott, and it's uh, entitled The Cross of Christ. It's uh, almost 400 pages long. He really deals with the cross of Christ. The heart of the cross of Christ is God in Christ, because of his love, substituting himself for sinners. It is God moved by his love, taking the place of his people and bearing their sin. Why, though, did God take the place of his people and bear their sin, meaning, what did God accomplish by his self-sacrifice on the cross? The New Testament teaches us that the accomplishment of the cross of Christ is mainly three things. Salvation, revelation, and conquest. God in Christ, through the cross, has rescued his people, salvation, disclosed himself, revelation, and overcome evil, conquest. Today, we are going to take up the accomplishment of revelation. We are going to study in what ways the cross of Christ is a word about God. But first, let's uh, have a moment where I lead us in prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, this is such an important subject. Please, in your grace and in your mercy, enable this subject to be presented in such a way and to be heard in such a way that you and the Son and the Holy Spirit are glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. In the Gospel of John, the Lord Jesus referred to his death on the cross as a glorification. In other words, through it, he and the Father would be supremely manifested. One place in John's gospel where the Lord Jesus referred to his death in this way, one for instance is when Judas left the upper room to go to the authorities to betray Jesus, Jesus said to his other disciples in John 13, verse 31, now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. What are some truths about the Father and the Son that are manifested 
in the cross of Christ. What are some truths that we should see at the Lord's table? What are some truths that we should have in our minds because of the cross of Christ? One truth is the justice of God. Again, the justice of God. Does God deal righteously with sin? Is God just toward wrongdoing, toward rebellion? Does God properly judge evil? Or does he allow evil to go unpunished? The cross of Christ declares that God deals with sin. God will by no means leave the guilty unpunished. He is a just God. On the cross, God punished the Lord Jesus for the sins of his people. Look with me at Romans chapter 3, verse 25. Once again, Romans chapter 3, verse 25. We find these words. God presented him, meaning Christ Jesus, as a sacrifice of atonement, uh, as the one who would turn aside his wrath, in other words, through faith in his blood, he did this to demonstrate his justice. God does not condone sin. God is not indifferent to sin. God deals righteously with sin. He properly punishes it. And the cross of Christ demonstrates this. The cross of Christ, one, manifests the justice of God. Do you remember the story of Sodom and Gomorrah? Genesis chapter 19. The wickedness of Sodom and Gomorrah had become so great that God said, no more. I am going to destroy those cities. And God rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah. He overthrew those cities and the entire plain. God tells us in that incident that he deals with evil, that the judge of all the earth does right. Now, there is another story of God that communicates to us the justice of God. In fact, it does so in an even greater way. And it is the story of the cross of Christ. On the cross, God punished the Lord Jesus for the sins of his people. He put him to death. See the justice 
of God. My friend, I want to ask you once more, have you gone to the Lord Jesus and received his work on the cross for his people? Since God will by no means excuse the guilty, since God will deal with the guilty, have you asked the Lord Jesus to be your savior? Isaiah chapter 45, verse 22. This is the verse I believe that God used to bring Charles Spurgeon, a, a great uh, British preacher of the Bible to uh, the Lord Jesus. Uh, from the King James Version, this is what we read in that verse of Isaiah 45. Look unto me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. You are a sinner. You are a disobedient one. You are a rebel in reference to God's laws. You are an enemy of God. And God will deal with your sin. Look to the Lord Jesus as your savior from sin and do so out of a desire to love God and to live for God. Another truth, truth number two about the father and the son that is given to us in the cross of Christ is the love of God. God is just, eternally, unchangeably committed to doing what is right, but is he also loving towards sinners? God always deals righteously with sin, but does he also have compassion for wrongdoers? When we talk to people about sin and, and guilt, can we also tell them of a love of God for sinners? God tells us yes, and he does so through the cross of Christ. Please listen. On the cross, God in Christ took the sins of his people and suffered the punishment for their sins. Uh, on the cross, God in Christ satisfied his justice concerning his people and secured forgiveness and eternal life for them. The cross of Christ in an unparalleled way also speaks to us of a love of God for sinners. Listen to this quote of John Calvin. In the cross of Christ, 
as in a splendid theater. The incomparable goodness of God is set before the whole world. The glory of God shines indeed in all creatures on high and below, but never more brightly than in the cross. The cross of Christ is a splendid theater that supremely sets forth the love of God for sinners. Look with me now at Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Romans 5 and verse 8. We read here, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ, God's son, died for us. Christ's death on the cross demonstrates a love of God for sinners. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Notice, notice these three things from Romans chapter 5, verse 8 to hopefully appreciate more this love of God for sinners. A, the father gave his son to die on the cross. It was not one of us that the father gave to die on the cross, nor was it an angel that he gave. While we were still sinners, Christ, God's son, died for us. When Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son Isaac out of obedience to God, that deed showed a deep love for God in Abraham's heart, his own son. When the father gave his son to die on the cross, that deed showed an infinite love of God for his people. The father gave his son. B, the father gave his son to die. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, I've read, it would have been wonderful if God had given his son to live and give and serve for us on earth. That's true. But the father and the son went way beyond that. The father gave his son to die so that God's people would be forgiven and brought back home and eternally made his children. A number of years ago, I went to a pastor's retreat. Two men in one of our PCA churches decided to roll out the red carpet for us. And they provided us with a beautiful house in the country, 
on 40 acres of land and recreation at no cost and the best of food and they were there to help us enjoy ourselves and it was really something. But the father and the son went way beyond that. The father gave his son to die so that God's people would be pardoned, brought back home, and eternally made his children. And then see, still from Romans chapter 5, verse 8, the father gave his son to die for sinners. It wasn't for friends. It wasn't for the righteous. It was for sinners that the son came. For the disobedient, for the lawbreakers, for the rebellious, for the ungodly. It was for God's enemies that the son went to the cross. The father gave his son to die for sinners. God is just, but God also has an amazing love for sinners. This is true, for the cross of Christ also gives us this word about God. Years ago, I was at a Christian camp for a week. I was a counselor at the camp for the week, and I was a counselor for a group of young men with whom I went to church. I was a counselor for uh, a group of my friends. Uh, I was in college. I wanted to be a minister, and so they said, you will be the counselor, and so I was. At night, uh, I led in devotions. And on one evening, I talked to my friends about sin, about disobedience, about God's judgment. I pointed out to them that they would be held accountable before God for their lives. And I also talked to them about a love of God for sinners, about forgiveness, about eternal life through faith in God's Son. I was able to do that because of the cross of Christ. And one of my friends that night, young man by the name of Bobby, said, I want that. I want to be forgiven. I want to be God's. I want eternal life. And because of God's love, he was able to receive it. I want you to know God has an amazing love for sinners because the cross of Christ also gives us that word in reference to God. 
Well, let's move on. The cross of Christ tells us more. Truth number three, it further tells us of God's great wisdom. Turn with me now to Romans 11. We've been Romans 3, we've been in Romans 5. Let's turn now to Romans 11. As you're doing that, here's the uh, setting. Paul has just finished presenting the gospel to the Romans. Paul has just finished giving them the good news of God in his son, Jesus Christ. And now, look at what Paul writes, starting at verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. The end of verse 36. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Earlier, Paul saw the cross of Christ as a demonstration of God's justice, Romans 3, and then as a demonstration of God's love, Romans 5, and now Dr. Stott has helped me to see Paul is overcome by a sense of God's wisdom in the cross of Christ. My friends, we would never have devised a plan of salvation that would both meet our needs and satisfy God's holy character. We wouldn't. But God did. God did in his son. And so Paul writes, oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God to him be the glory forever. Amen. If coming up with a plan of rescue was up to us, what would our plan be? I've talked to people who say, well, if we do enough good things, if we try hard enough, then we'll make it. Uh, the scales will tip to our favor. But God's standard is perfection. There's a, there's a religious group that talks of an angel dying on a tree. And through that, we can then go on to earn heaven. But sin against God can't be dealt with by an angel. We need a sacrifice of infinite worth because our sin has incurred an infinite debt. There are others who think, and, and this is probably the most popular thought today. God will just take everyone to heaven. Justification by death. Die, and you'll go to heaven. When you die, you'll go to heaven. My friends, that won't fly either. The truth is, we would never come up 
with an acceptable plan of rescue. And we, therefore, would stay lost forever. There is a way that seems right unto a man, Proverbs 14, 12, but the end thereof is the way of death. But God once more has, through the life and, and death of Jesus Christ, our eternal needs are met, and God's justice and righteousness are properly dealt with. The cross of Christ also speaks to us of the wisdom of God. Let me ask, we are to worship God. When was the last time you worshiped God for his wisdom? We're to worship God for his different attributes. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's unchangeable. He's eternal. He's holy, etc. When was the last time you worshiped him for his wisdom? Our wisdom for salvation is foolishness, but God's wisdom is right on. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30. Let's go from Romans over to 1 Corinthians now. Look with me at 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30. It is because of him, meaning it's because of God, that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. The cross of Christ is God's wisdom because it brings us redemption. It, it frees us from, from sin. It frees us from spiritual death. It frees us from Satan uh, because it brings holiness. It sets us apart to be gods, to, to belong to God and to be the people of God. And it sets us free for righteousness, changes our lives, and enables us to live righteously. God's wisdom is also displayed to us on the cross of Christ. One more. The cross of Christ also reveals to us the power of God. Still in 1 Corinthians 1, verses 23 and 24. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. How is Christ crucified the power of God? A friend of Johnny Erickson Tata was uh, in the hospital for two weeks. Johnny asked him, what was the hardest part for you in being in the hospital? What was most difficult? He said, bed baths. Having somebody come into my room and bathe me. 
In my pride, I revolted at that. We are like that spiritually. We don't want the Lord Jesus to wash us of our sins. We don't want the Lord Jesus to cleanse us of our guilt and change us. But when God opens up our hearts and enables us to desire and receive his son, that's exactly what happens. Because of the cross of Christ, we are cleansed of our guilt. Because of the cross of Christ, we are forgiven of our sin. We are made new and we become children of God. We are given everlasting life. And that is why the cross is also the power of God. It actually rescues us from sin and guilt and ourselves and hell and Satan for eternity. Romans 1 verse 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. I know a place where sins are washed away. I know a place where night is turned to day. Burdens are lifted, blind eyes made to see. There's a wonder working power in the blood of Calvary. Once more, I, I say to you the words of Isaiah 45, 22. Look unto me and be saved, all the ends of the earth. Look to the cross of the Lord Jesus. He there is God's power. He will save you. The cross of Christ reveals the justice of God, the love of God, the wisdom of God, and the power of God. My friends, see the glory of God in the cross of Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to indeed do that, not just now, but as we go through our days. Oh, may we be so thankful for the cross of Christ, and may you be so glorified in our lives because of the cross. In Jesus' name, amen.